0: If you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15, we're going to be reading verse number one. John 15, verse one. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5 I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for, you can do, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. A few weeks ago, I was talking to you about exercising and and lifting weights while being supported by a, a big exercise ball. And the purpose of doing this is to strengthen your core, your midsection. How many wish they had a stronger core? Amen. Doesn't help we serve donuts, does it? But you see, as long as everything around you is solid, well, you're not strengthening your core. You're not using those muscles because you're relying on on the external But you see, when everything underneath you shifts and becomes unstable, then you have the choice of either falling off the ball or stabilizing yourself in an unstable environment. And sometimes being the great trainer that he is, God will put us in unstable environments to activate parts of our faith that we have never used before. He'll take you out of your comfort zone where you can't get help from the normal sources. Finances aren't coming from the place that you thought they'd come from. Wisdom or love or affirmation isn't coming from the usual place. And so now you have a choice. Either you're going to fall over or you're going to strengthen your core, build yourself up and say, I shall not die, but I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Now, in our text, Jesus says in verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so what that means is everything boils down to relationship. In other words, we are connected to him so that we can bear fruit. And as a branch, we're not going to be able to bear fruit if we're severed from the vine. You're not going to be able to be productive without a relationship with God. And so because of that, in this passage, seven times. I started to do seven, look. (laughs) Seven, Seven times. I'm lucky I didn't do that. Seven times Jesus challenges us to abide, to stay in that relationship with him. So what does it mean when Jesus says abide? Well, it means stay with me, stick with me, don't move, don't break, don't give up, don't collapse.
1: Well, I mean, it sounds like Jesus is a little insecure.
0: Is Jesus insecure? I mean, you know, there's nothing worse than being connected to someone who's insecure who keeps saying, stay with me, stay with me, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, stay with me, stay with me. I mean, someone like that makes you break out in hives. Well, let me assure you, Jesus Christ is not insecure. And so why is he telling us seven times to stay? Well, the answer is in verse 6, because if we don't abide in Jesus, we're not going to be able to produce fruit, and our withered branch will be gathered up and thrown
1: into the fire and burnt up. And so the message of this text is to stay,
0: abide in Jesus, and produce fruit. Stability in Jesus is a key to being blessed and realizing our potential in God. Now, in verse 2, you know, we're not really excited about this, but it's in there, so I have to say it. Jesus says that we will be pruned, and I'm not talking about a pruned smoothie that you take to help things flow. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. When Jesus says this, he's saying you're going to have setbacks. You may experience some discomfort. You may have moments of challenge, of adversity, but through it all, just remember, stay with me. See, because Jesus has to make sure that you are not serving Him simply for the things that He gives you. He has to make sure that I'm not raising my hands because I got a raise on my job. Or that she's not worshiping Him because she got a new car. And so every now and then, the child who never gave you a minute's trouble, will they cuss you out and slam the door? And then that job that you thought you were going to retire from and receive a gold watch from, they send you a pink slip. You see, these are the tests of stability. And Jesus says, no matter what you face, abide in me. But now notice, the Lord doesn't say seven times, I'm going to abide with you. You see, because that's a given. I mean, there is no question about his ability to stay with us. Joshua chapter 1 says, don't be afraid. The Lord is with you wherever you go. So the question is, do we have the character, the fortitude, and the tenacity to stay with him? Because, friend, you can take it to the bank when Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be with you when you pass through the waters. I'm going to be there. When you go through the flood, I'm going to be there. When you go through the fire, count me in. I will be with you in the hospital room. I will be with you in the nursing home. I will be with you when you pass through the funeral home. I'm going to be with you in the unemployment line. I'm going to be with you when the x-rays come back. No matter what the results are of those tests, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you if you're in the penthouse suite. I'm going to be with you if you only have one room. Jesus says, when you're my child, I have your back. But Jesus wants to know if we have the patience and the will to stay with him. Well, and that means we have to understand the difference between the process and the promise. See, do we understand that when Jesus prunes us, that it's really part of the process? And see, if we don't trust him in the process, well, then we're not worthy of the promise. Because here's the thing, friends. God said that he was going to bless you. God said he was going to bless you. God told Abraham in Genesis twenty-two, sixteen, 16, by myself, I have sworn because you chose to abide in me and have not withheld your only son's blessings, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. God said, I swear, I'm going to bless you. And he's saying, now remember that and abide in me because sometimes it may look to you like I'm digressing on my word. Sometimes it may look to you that serving me doesn't work. Sometimes it may look to you like trusting me doesn't pay off because you gave to the kingdom kingdom, and now you are in want and you are in need. Sometimes it's going to look like you're going backwards instead of forwards, and sometimes things may even get worse before they get better. And that's because you have to be pruned in order to grow. But God
1: says, I swear I am going to bless you. But you don't get the promise if you don't go through the process. now let's be honest
0: we can be honest with each other right you know you told me my pink shirt was stupid looking and and I received it you know I'm I'm not mad at you for that you notice I didn't wear it today but we want the promise without the process We love to think and reminisce about grandma's Thanksgiving mashed potatoes, but we don't want to take the time to peel the potatoes to get them.
1: (laughs) But folks, let me let you in on a little secret.
0: God ain't going to give us the promise up front. Now, God says, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you what I'm going to do. I've already written down in your personal book what I'm going to do. And if you'll hang on for the process, you will come out as pure God. Look at David. God took him out of the shepherd's pen. He anointed David's head with oil. God told David he was going to be king. But then instead of a coronation parade, God sends
1: him back out in the field to shovel sheep dung. How many of us would stand for that? You don't have to answer that.
0: Think about it. But you see, while David was shoveling sheep poop, he remembered that God swore that he would be blessed. And with every shovelful, David reminded himself, don't quit, don't give up, don't clap. Just remember, what you're going through, though it seems menial and disconnected to being the king of Israel, when it's all over, it's all going to work out for your
1: good. Friend, abide with God because he swore he is going to
0: bless you. But you see, the problem is some people break down in the process and give up on their promise because, let's be honest, it's difficult during the process to get to the promise. So some people give up before they get the promise because they get weary from the process. But Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in the process. Don't get tired of doing well, for in due season you will reap if you don't lose heart. You can't reap what you want to reap if you faint in the middle of the process. You can't plant corn and come out tomorrow and shuck the corn for dinner. You've got to plant it. You've got to be willing to wait. You've got to go through the process before you get to the promise. I mean, nothing bears fruit the next day. Not marriages, not businesses, not churches, not relationships. And you're going to be going through some days when you're being pruned and you think you're actually being sabotaged. You know what is You first get married and you roll over and you look at them and you say, Oh, Lord, hubba hubba, Yes. Glory be to Jesus. He smiled on me. Well, fast forward 10 or 15 years and you roll over and look at them and say, "Oh, Jesus." Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the way that's the way Christian people curse at each other. Did you hear me? You know, We don't use profanity. Did you hear me? Did you get it? Christian people don't use profanity. Uh, Okay. But what we do, we say good words, but we mean them in a bad way. It's like when I'm preaching too long, you'll say, amen. What that means is, that's the Amen. Time to sit down, boy. And what's really interesting is the old timers, the old timers have been around a long time, they'll just say, Help him, Jesus. Jesus, just help him. But Jesus said, Every branch that bears fruit I prune so that it will bear more fruit. He says, I'm going to bless you to bring forth fruit, but in order for you to have more fruit, I'm going to cut back on your branch so that I can move you from one level of fruit to another level of
1: fruit. And the process, though, requires loss. This sermon series, Change is Inevitable. But growth
0: is optional. Are you going to stay during the growing period? Do you want it bad enough to lose it? God said, Abraham, take your only son and offer him up as a sacrifice. Abraham said, God, that's my only kid. Are you kidding? Look, Lord, (laughs) I know you gave me this kid, but I'm old. I may not be able to do this again. And God said, Abraham, you're only going to see it multiplied when you are
1: willing to give it up. And so we've got to come
0: to the reality of is, are we using what we're going through to make us stronger,
1: or is it only making us cynical, bitter, and desperate? And all the while, Jesus is saying, abide in me. Strengthen your core. Be stable. Don't quit.
0: But you know, it's interesting how we can be stable about some things in our life, but yet be unstable about others. Someone works on a job where they're under, underutilized, underappreciated, underpaid for 20 years. And yet they show more patience to show up every morning than they do for their spouse and their kids. They put up with that boss that treats him like an idiot and has no respect for them, but they can't put up with a few things at home. They're dutiful about some things that they're not being rewarded for while they give up on something that's
1: far more important right in their own house. Jesus said, abide. Abide, hang tough. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, be steadfast, immovable,
0: always abounding in the work of the Lord. So can you be unmovable? Can you be tenacious? Because here's the thing, friend, you have to be tough to be blessed. Because I want you to know it's easy to not be blessed. It's easy to give up. It's easy to give in and say, well, the world's good enough for me. Or I'm just gonna go with the flow. It's easy to fall off the ball if your core isn't in shape. And it's tough to be blessed because Satan is fighting you tooth and toenail. Satan is
1: after your blessing, He he wants to destroy your fruit. And so, are you tough enough to be blessed? Do you have what it takes? Do you have the will and the fortitude?
0: Do you have the tenacity to abide in him and not care what people think or what they say or how they look at you? See, because at the end of the day, it's not enough to be nice. It's not that you're educated enough. It's not that you're cute enough. It's are you tough enough to go through hell
1: and high water and still abide in Jesus?
0: Good times and bad times, times of abundance and times of lack. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What a promise. Jesus says, if you stick it out and keep my promises down inside of you through the process, you can ask whatever you want and it shall be. Why? Why? Because you've proven that your will is tough, that your will is tenacious, and that your will is relentless.
1: You've proven that you're not here today and gone tomorrow. You know, those of you who knew my mom knew that she liked jewelry.
0: And so my wife comes along, and now for some reason she likes jewelry. I don't know. But I will tell you this, if she doesn't straighten up, you may see me down at the pawn shop. (laughs) Now, it'll be at night when she's asleep, but you might see me there. But let me tell you something, friend. That girl, she's earned the bling. It doesn't matter what you think, she's earned it. Now, she didn't get it on our wedding day. She didn't get it on our first anniversary. But I want you to know she has been there when I was broken. She was been there. She's been there when I didn't have a friend in the world, when I had no job. She was there when I've been an idiot, when I've been crazy, when I've been depressed, when I've been brokenhearted. She's been there through the process. And so now she has received part of the promise. That's how it works. But you don't get the promise until you've gone through the process. And if you've been faithful and if you have abided in Jesus, don't let anyone make you feel bad about your blessing. You've stuck it out even when you were broke, busted, and disgusted and you are still here. Give yourself a hand. You're still here. But after all, you know, Isn't that really what we want from people? Stability?
1: You know, when we can find someone that we can rely on, I mean, it's a gift from heaven.
0: You know, Starla knows that I'm crazy. She knows it. She knows I leave the top off of the toothpaste. She knows I will not put the toilet seat down to save my life. And I know that she spends way too much money on shoes. But if we just stay together, if we just abide, we're going to make it. Well, Jesus is the same way. When we abide in him, he knows we have weaknesses. He knows we have problems. He knows all about your issues. But Malachi 3.10 says, trust me in this. Try me in this and see if not, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Jesus promises that if you stay connected to me, and if you honor me, I swear I am going to bless you. Now, he's not going to bless you if you go do something stupid. He's not going to give you the desires of your heart if your desire is to consume it on your own self. That's why James says you have not, because you ask not with the right motives. So, you know, people look at a scripture like that and they think, well, you know, name it and claim it. No. Name it, go through the process, and then God will deliver it. That's how that works. But God swears that he's going to bless us.
1: See, the problem is a lot of people only think of blessings as it it relates to their bank account. your 401k doesn't have a banner year, you say you're not blessed. How about a blessed mind? How about a blessed body? Good health. How about a good job? How about healthy kids? There's a whole lot of ways to be blessed other than your bank account.
0: We've got to get past this tunnel vision of thinking Benjamins are the only way to be blessed. Because remember, like I preached a couple of weeks ago, you may not be able to handle an overabundance of Benjamins. I didn't expect too many amens there because, you know, we all want those big stacks, big stacks, big stacks. Well, Psalms chapter 1 is the key or is a key to being blessed. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I mean, think about it. Think about your daily activities, Monday through Saturday. Are you basing your attitude and decisions on the 6 o'clock news? Is CNN and Fox News your mentor?
1: Are you allowing people that you work with to determine your actions? Are you taking
0: advice, taking marriage advice from single people? I'll tell you what, if I was you, I'd tell them. And you wonder why they're single? I'm not a neurosurgeon or a rocket scientist, but I can tell you that ain't going to fly. Blessed is the man who doesn't heed the advice of ungodly people. That means you've got to be careful who you let feed you. Because whoever feeds you leads you, and you cannot drink the wisdom of a fool and expect to be blessed by God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor becomes an obstacle to the way, getting in the way of someone who needs God. You know, modern Christianity, we are so hung up on, on all this liberty that we have. And it's in the book. We have liberty, but we take it to a whole new level. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. The Bible says, don't act like they act in the world. And so many times you can't tell if someone is a born-again Christian or if they're getting ready to split hell wide open. They go to the same places. Well, I see four of you are holiness people and are getting blessed, and the rest of you are saying, oh, man, he, he, he gone to meddling now. He, he meddling now. God says, I'm not going to bless you if you get in between me and who I'm trying to reach, not in your lifestyle or not in your conduct. Listen, you cannot be part of the promise if you're part of the problem. And a lot of us need to look at Matthew 18, 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he drowned in the sea. So don't let your liberty be a stumbling block for someone God is trying to reach nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Look at your neighbor next to you and see if they look scornful. Now, hey, come on. Anyone can look scornful or cynical or skeptical sometimes. Just ask my wife. She tells me all the time, why are you being so scornful? But the point is, don't allow life or people or circumstances or failures to move you into a point of being continually cynical and obnoxious because you don't want to let anything allow, be allowed to contaminate your spirit with bitterness.
1: When bitterness takes root, It is harder than getting
0: weeds out of your garden. You cannot be blessed and be bitter at the same time. Your bitterness will destroy your blessing. And you can be sure that every time God wants to bless you, every time God starts out to bless you, the enemy is going to send something along to try to make you scornful because he wants to contaminate your spirit with bitterness. So in order to be blessed, you've got to have a clean spirit. You can't be consumed with anger and hostility. That's why you can't fixate
1: on petty people. That's why when you're driving and someone cuts over in front of
0: you and you get right up on their tail, I'll show them. They're driving, they look back in their rear view mirror, and I mean, it's like you're in their back seat, and they automatically think, man, I hope he follows Jesus that close. (laughs) I've seen some of you drive, and you may have seen me drive too a few times. (laughs) I better get off that point quick. Listen, friend, you're too close to your blessing. Too close to your blessing to allow contamination to get down into your spirit. Verse 2 says, The blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Friend, listen to me. The best advice I could give you or anyone else, the best advice that you could ever receive is to fall in love with the Word of God. It is immeasurably valuable to you. You people said for so long, said, well, I just can't understand it. The King James is just so hard to understand. There are translations out there that my four-year-old grandson can read. (laughs) Rehearse it in your mind. Get it down in your spirit. Exercise to it. Drive to work listening to it. Consume it. And then you will be programming yourself so you don't get contaminated with bitterness down in your spirit. Listen, you... We have to work in the world, but we don't have to act like we work in the world. So don't be contaminated by what's going around you by delighting in the word of the Lord. And verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Listen, you're not a tumbleweed here today and gone tomorrow. A blessed person is a tree. And that's why you can't be bought. That's why you don't sell yourself short because you're not a rambling bush. You're not a rambling man. You're not a rambling woman. You are a tree. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that's what's so glorious about God's faithfulness. He said he will stay with us through hell and high water. He's going to be with you in the winter, spring, summer, and fall. He's going to be with you when you're sick. He's going to be with you when you're well. He's going to be with you when you're right, and he's even going to be with you when you're wrong. He is not a fair-weather, fickle God. And so in the good and the bad, he will be with you. And that's why he wants us to abide. So we will always be with him. And when we abide, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. When we are blessed, we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 46:4 says, "God's blessings are like a river. So be a tree that's planted by the water, Put down roots, let them fortify you. Abide in God. And he said, "You will be
1: blessed."
0: Jesus said if we believe in him from our innermost being will flow rivers of living water and your tree will start outgrowing your circumstance. Your roots will take hold in your situation and God's blessings will overtake you. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You'll be blessed at home. You'll be blessed at work.
1: As a child of God, we are blessed. Blessed. Verse 3, be like a tree
0: planted by the river that brings, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And so what's the promise after the process? Whatever he does shall prosper. Friend, do not let your leaf wither. That's why God tells us to Abide. You stayed in him when you were pruned. You grew. You survived. You endured. Think of the people you know who didn't make it the people who gave up, who quit, who threw in the towel, who said it wasn't worth it. But you did not let your leaf wither. Your roots didn't dry up. You kept growing because you kept abiding, planted by the river of living water. You don't plant apples and have apple pie the next day or next week. You've got to wait for the season. Abide, friend, and your season will come. Colossians 2, 7 says, Be rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you were taught, according, abounding in thanksgiving. Friend, get ready to prosper. Get ready to prosper. Get ready to prosper. Believe it in your heart. Prosper in your health. Prosper in your mind. Prosper in your family. Prosper in your finances. Get excited when you think about what the Lord has done for you. Shout yes, because you've been through hell, but you're still here. You've been through wind and lightning, but you're still here. You've been through the rain, but you're still here. You had a job. You didn't have a job. You had friends. You didn't have a friend. Your dog even ran away, but you are still here because you put down roots next to the river of living water. Tell every devil that comes knocking at your door, I shall not die. But I'm going to live and declare what the Lord God has done in my life. Because every one of us in here has a testimony. And God said, I swear I'm going to bless you. I swear I'm going to bless you. So hang in there, strengthen your core, be tenacious, abide. And so, in our text in John chapter 15, there are three stages. There's fruit, there's more fruit, and there's much fruit. Of course, that applies to us as believers. But let me tell you how God wants to apply that to us as a church. Jesus says in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, for over 50 years, over 50 years, starting with my dad, we have gone around this world working to bear fruit, fruit for the kingdom. We continue to this day. Next month, we're going to be in Africa building church buildings. Well, let me tell you what happened. A few months ago, a call came in from another church in our area asking
1: if we would be interested in selling this property. I didn't even pray about it. Not just no, but heck no.
0: Well, shortly after that, a different church in this area called and asked me the same thing. Doesn't the Bible say something about it in the mouths of two or three witnesses shall? Maybe that's just my Bible. And so, you know, that got my
1: attention. And, and so I started praying about this. I said, God, are you trying to, are you trying to tell me something? Are you trying to give me some, some insight here? And so I've talked with the leadership of
0: our church. I explained what the situation is. We've been praying about this. And the, re- and the Lord showed me that the reason, and he asked me this question, the reason why this is so important is with the demographics of our congregation, are we doing everything we can to impact the kingdom of God with what we have
1: been blessed with? Incredibly beautiful church. But could this ministry resource be used more effectively to get more
0: people to heaven? After all, isn't that what we're doing? Well, the Lord showed me that because of of this location, this city block, Southwest 39th to Southwest 40th on South Pennsylvania Avenue, this city block could be a powerhouse for the glory of God to the Hispanic community. Okay, do not shut me down now. Don't 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 sit on your ears. Hear me out. A vibrant Holy Ghost filled Spanish speaking church could produce a godly influence over this part of Oklahoma City and beyond. We have built churches all over this world to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples. So why not build something in our own city? And I believe that is the direction that God is leading our church. I believe God is leading us to explore explore the possibilities of selling our campus to an Hispanic organization and relocating Harvest Assembly of God Church as we are to a different part of our city. Now, stay with me. You know, people hear something that they may not like, and all of a sudden, they, they just shut down. Don't do that. Hear me out. This isn't some idea I got from eating too much pizza last night. I understand. I understand this is a big deal. But I want you to know we have a big God. I understand. I understand this is out of our comfort zone. But I also know that a life lived by faith is lived outside of comfort zones. People who live by faith, they do not see obstacles. They see opportunities, and that is how we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory, and I believe God wants to take us to another level. Now, now, let me say,
1: we are not planning on moving miles and miles away If
0: God brings this about, which I believe he will, our plan is just to be no more than a few minutes away from where we are now because we don't want anyone who is in this area to be kept from coming. We're going to continue to have the ministries that we have to our Spanish-speaking friends that attend here because we have come to expand the kingdom, not reduce it. We are not going to leave anyone behind. And I'm excited about this opportunity. And while this is a huge undertaking, our God is more than able to bring it to pass. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. What an incredible blessing to be able to be in this position, to be able to impact different parts of our city at the same time. Because, after all, we are called to do all we can to fulfill the great commission of Christ by leading the lost to Jesus, by making disciples and impacting as many people as we can around us. Because Jesus chose us. And he appointed us so that we should bear fruit and that the fruit should remain. And I believe it's God's providential circumstances that has brought us this opportunity. Great responsibility, properly handled, will result in great reward. And when we abide in Jesus, that reward will be fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. So be praying about this. We're going to see where God leads us. Because I want you to know, I want to go where God wants to take me, wherever that is. And on the other hand, I don't want to go anywhere if God doesn't go. So be praying about this. Be praying about this. Because we want to build the kingdom of God to the best of our ability. And so through through the process that we go through, On our way to the promise, whether whether it's our church or whether it's us as followers of Jesus Christ, He starts us at one point, but He doesn't want us to end up at that same point. He's taking us somewhere else. And along the way, He takes us through steps. And it's in between those steps when, when you're in an unstable environment and your foot can't find solid ground, it's those times where you're being pruned and it's uncomfortable that Jesus tells us to abide because he's taking us to another level. He's taking us from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And when we abide in him, when we are faithful to him and keep his word down in our heart, we can ask whatever we desire and it will be done.